That was some good old down-home gospel music, I tell you. Amen. Make me want to shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Amen. All the time, God is good. Hallelujah to the King. Hallelujah to the King. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Father. Glory to your name. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you hear me okay? Can I hear? I can hear you. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to have to get some seatbelts to go in these uh, chairs here because we're rocking and rolling here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I am so excited. I got a good message for you today from the Lord. And uh, I don't know if I can get through it because it's so exciting, but it's for you and you're going to enjoy it. Amen. So let me pray so I can get my feet on the ground and just give this to you. So, Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to worship you this way. We thank you that, Lord God, as we minister the Word of God, that it'll be uh, food for those that receive it. It'll be nourishment to their soul, and it'll teach them how to love you and serve you more. And for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and all agreed said, Amen. Amen. So this month, in December, we're talking about the names of Jesus. Now, there's over 100 names that are listed in the Bible. I'm going to give you a few of them later on. But we're going to talk about the four compound names that Isaiah prophesied 700 years before the birth of Christ. That's pretty good to prophesy that far in advance. We can't even figure out what we're going to eat tomorrow. But he can prophesy. That was a little humor right there. Okay. <laughs> What are we going to eat tonight? I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? We can't even think that far ahead. But 700 years to know to an exact time that Jesus was going to be born and what he was going to be named, it's truly amazing. So this prophecy expresses the very nature of Jesus being, of his being, and how we can rely on him to be our Savior in our everyday lives, in our day-to-day -day living. That's what we need, right? We don't need a God of yesteryear. We need a God of right now. Praise the Lord. And he is the same, what, yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same, amen? You can call upon him. What he did in the Old Testament, what he did in the New Testament, he's doing right now for us. And if you want to latch hold of it and grab onto it, then this message that I'm going to give you today, I told somebody while we were having breakfast, he goes, I haven't heard that for a while. I go, I know, but you know, it's still in the book, and you can still rely on it and count on it and apply it to your life so that you can have success in what you're doing. Because so, sometimes we have some troubles and problems that come our way, and we have to know that God is on our side. He'll turn things around for us and for the good. Amen? So let's look at this. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born. That is the earthly birth. We saw a baby being born. But to God, in God's eyes, a son was given. In other words, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who always was and always will be, was with the Father. You know that, right? In the beginning, let's look at this in John 1, 1 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. That's pretty all-inclusive, isn't it? Yeah. I made everything. <laughs> Anything that was made is not made by me. Amen? He, he does it all. So he can take care of our situation in our life. If we have a deficit in whatever we're looking for, finances or, finances or uh, provision, he is able with his word to make up the difference because he created all things. Praise God. So he didn't come into existence when he was born as a child. He, before Abraham was, he said, I am. 
I am. I was always here, always will be. And so what we can do is latch on to this. So in Deuteronomy, he says, well, how can Jesus be God? A lot of people ask that question, don't they? A lot of people challenge us with that. Well, how can Jesus be God? Well, remember in Genesis chapter 1, he said, God said, let us make God in our image. That's plural, isn't it? Let us make man in our image, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So in Deuteronomy 6.4, let's look at this. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So they said, well, there it is right there, one Lord. There's only one God. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's look into the Hebrew. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I do know how to look things up. Come on, give me an amen on that. And you do too. You can look it up. And in, in the Hebrew definition of one is plural. and means properly united, to be alike, to be together. So one Lord means there's three in one, properly unified together to be one. Praise the Lord. So, uh, and how does that work? How do you have three gods or three persons of the Trinity working? Well, let's look at it in 1 Corinthians 12. See, there's differences of ministries, but the same Lord Jesus. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same Father God, who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So how does that work? How, they all work in together. So looking at it this way, for healing, God said, I am the Lord that healeth thee, right, in Exodus 15. But then Jesus came and administrated it on the cross so that we all could be healed. There was no priority, no, no preference to anybody. God says, I'm not a respecter of persons. What I did for one, I'll do for everyone. So on the cross, Jesus administrated it so that we can have access to healing. Then the Holy Spirit comes and manifests it to us. So what are we looking for? We know God already said, I want to heal you. Jesus already paid the price. So now we're waiting for the Holy Spirit to manifest it in our lives. And that's the trick. That's the, the effort to believe in faith, to believe that what he's promised to us will come to pass if we believe. All things are possible if what? We believe. So believing is a heart issue. With the heart, man believes. And that takes a little bit of effort because our heart is divided. You know, our heart is over here, over there, watching TV, watching, you know, sports, all these kinds of things that infiltrate. But if you really want to get serious, if you really want to receive from God, whether it be finances, peace, uh, health, you have to be totally focused in on the Lord and let him bring to you in the spirit what has already been uh, assigned to you. Isn't that good news? So, uh, so here's the example of it. I said God is healing. Now, now here, let's bring it into like natural uh, circumstances. Say you're the president of a C of a company, and you say, I want to give all of my employees a raise or a promotion or uh, a bonus, right? So he says, talks to the administrator, says, cut a check to all the employees, give them $1,000. Don't you want to work for that company? Praise the Lord. So then the, he writes out the check, and he gives it to the manager and the manager distributes it to all the employees. You see how they all work together in one? It's the same thing with God. God says, I want to prosper my people. Jesus said, I was uh, rich. I became poor so that you can become rich. And then now the Holy Spirit manifests it. Now, I don't know how this works, but when you're given the offering, God records it. He, he, he notices it. He sees a cheerful heart. And he applies a blessing to you. Not just what you gave, but what? 30, 60, and 100 full he gives to you. How does that work? I don't know, but it works. How does TV work? I don't know. I turn it on, and it works. Praise God. 
my little Apple uh, 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 phone, <laughs> my best friend. <laughs> I don't need nobody. I got my phone, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> but if you ever go in the airport, everybody has a phone. Everybody's on their phone. If you don't have a phone, what do you do? You just stare. You just look at this. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm just looking around. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody's doing anything. But, but God, I don't know how it works, but God knows how to make it work. Praise God. Now, it also says here, now the government will be upon his shoulder. That means he will have rule and reign over all the earth. Now, rule and reign in the millennium is a thousand years, and Jesus Christ will be there, the devil will be gone, and we'll have peace, world peace. You know, isn't that what the beauty pageant people say? I just want to pray for world peace. But I've been, I followed up, and a lot of them actually do try to help and negotiate and be a part of world peace, which is good. But we've never had world peace for any length of time. I looked at the history of the United States, looked at the history of the world, and we've only been at peace about 10% of our existence here on earth. That's pretty sad, isn't it? Fighting all the time about this and that. It's never going to end. We're always going to be fighting until Jesus comes. Then he'll bring peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Amen? And so there won't be any wars. Uh, He's the king, but he didn't have to conquer us because of his goodness and his kindness. We follow him. Remember when he came in on the donkey and they claimed him to be king of the Jews? He didn't conquer anybody. They willingly followed him and loved him and was proclaiming him to be king of the Jews. Praise God. So let's look at this. He says, and his name shall be called. Here we go into the names. You ready? Okay. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are all pretty good names. Pick one, whatever you need. But a lot of people translate it wonderful, comma, counselor. And he is wonderful. And he is a counselor. But when you put them together, it has a real big impact. But look at it just uh, as wonderful. And we use that term loosely, don't we? Wonderful. How was your vacation? Oh, it was wonderful. How was your date uh, last night with your... New boyfriend. Oh, he's just wonderful. <laughs> How was your meal? Oh, it was wonderful. Sometimes my wife calls me Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Can I get an amen over here? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> After 40 years, that's pretty good, isn't it? Amen. But we use, the ter- we use terms pretty loosely nowadays. What do we say? We say uh, things like... Um, uh, I hate asparagus. I mean, what did asparagus ever do to you? Why do you hate it? You know? These kids are driving me crazy. Yeah, why, why are you being crazy? You don't have to be crazy. I think I'm losing my mind. We, we, we can't talk like that. The Bible never throws out words flippantly. He always has a purpose. So when he says wonderful, counselor, I'm going to put those two words together because wonderful here isn't just like marvelous, wonderful. It means miraculous. It means beyond expectation. It means something that you couldn't do in yourself, but it's so miraculous to behold, you have to say, that was God. Amen? That's what happened in Exodus chapter 15 when they parted the Red Sea. They sang unto the Lord for the wonders that he has done. How does it go? I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Right? 
The Lord, my God, my strength, my shield, has now become my victory. Let's look at, let's look at this uh, parting of the Red Sea. This is a pretty, so this is amazing, isn't it? Now, I don't know if Moses is really going to look like, uh, what's this guy's name? Charlton Heston. I'd be a little disappointed if he wasn't, but Charlton Heston plays a pretty good Moses here, right? Now, the Bible says they were drowned in the sea. Now, I was thinking about that. I go, you mean nobody knew how to swim out of all those people that were, all the soldiers that were coming? Is that possible? Well, what I found out is the walls of the riverbank were like over 200 feet high. So it wasn't the fact that they drowned. They, were got, they got smashed, okay? Can you imagine 20 stories high of water falling on you? You, you don't stand a chance. And then it says that the Israelites walked across the land on dry land. How did that happen? It was all wet and marshy from the water, but now it's dry. And then here's another thing. Where were all the fish? <laughs> They're in the walls, right? That was your first aquarium right there. You just walked by. Oh, there's the thing. I've seen that fish. There there's over like 1,200 fish in the Red Sea. And how do they know to swim to the edge? And, oh, turn back. Well, you're not going to go. That's amazing, isn't it? There's no dead fish on the ground, and they just walked by. Praise the Lord. This is a wonder. This is a wonder. It's amazing, right? So that God can do that. Now, you put these together. You ready? Wonderful counselor means miraculous counsel for you to do something that you couldn't do before. God just doesn't give you counsel to get by. Oh, I just give you a little bit to get by. No, he's, I'm going to do something that will catapult you above even what you think you can do, even what you could be above what you can think or imagine. Have you been there? Where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen to me. It looks like everything's going to crash in. My finances, my car, everything's going bad. We, William was telling me that his water heater went out. And he said, uh, I will call my plumber and see what he says. He says, $1,400. Oh, that ain't good. So he said, uh, uh, well, I said, well, call him. Have him. He came down and hooked it up so that he could have hot water for a little while. And he says, I think I can work it so where you don't have to pay for a new water heater. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. God is that kind of God, that he can make things happen. So let me give you um, an example in the Bible and an example in real life to help you with your faith. Praise the Lord. How many of you in, are in sticky situations right now? Need a little help. Need a little God, miraculous, wonderful counselor, advice to you. Praise the Lord. Lord, sometimes we don't know what to do. Say, Lord, our eyes are upon you. Show us. Teach us. Give us a, a way out. So let, let's look at this here. In 2 Kings chapter 7, are we there? Yeah. So I'll give you a little prelim here. The king of Syria gathered all of his army and went up and surrounded Samaria so that the people had no supplies. No one was going in. No one was going out. They were going to starve them to death. And uh, they didn't have to fight. They just waited out. You know, these guys are going to die sooner or later. And they were there dying. You know, it looked like they were going to die. There was no hope. But they had God. So Elijah came to their rescue and said, The Lord says, by this time tomorrow, two gallons of flour or, and four gallons of barley grain will be sold in the markets of Samaria for a dollar. <laughs> what is it? This is impossible. They're dying. They're in famine. There's army outside. 
He says, oh, you know what? Tomorrow, I like tomorrow, amen? What a different day makes. God speaks and says, tomorrow, there's going to be a abundant supply. And the guy that was uh, uh, the officer assisting the king said, that couldn't happen if the Lord made all the windows of heaven to open and rain down manna. That would never happen. You ever have doubters in your life, you know? Oh, I'm so sorry. You're sick. I, you know, there's no hope for you. I don't know what's going to happen to you, you know? You're in financial trouble. You know how much money you owe? You know, you're never going to get out of this. Amen. Oh, but God. But God. He says, but Elijah replied and said to him, in fact, you will see it. But you see it with your eyes, but you will not eat of it. So you want to doubt me? I just gave a word to the Lord, from the Lord, and you're not going to, you're going to see it, but you're not going to eat it. So here's what happened. There's four lepers outside the city, and they said to themselves, you know what? We're in a rock and a hard place, aren't we? <laughs> We're going to die here. We can't go into the city because there's no food there. We got the army, you know, getting ready to attack us. Let's go over there and see if they'll be merciful to us, and maybe they'll give us some food and we'll live. And if they don't, if they kill us, well, we were going to die anyway. Now, sometimes the Lord gives you advice, and it seems kind of ridiculous, seems kind of silly to do, right? But he gave them that uh, instruction. Sometimes the Lord speaks to us subtly. You get an idea, you don't know where it came from. It's like, Lord, where, did you actually tell me to do that? You just move by the Spirit. You know, he that... Um, or the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, a gentle little nudge. So they went over there, and guess what happened? The Lord did something against the army. He sent a bunch of noise that made it seem like there was a great army that was coming against them, that, that there was a bunch of chariots and horses, and the Sumerians, they, they, the Syrians, they, they got so scared they just ran off. Now that's stupid, isn't it? They leave their horses and their donkeys and all the food and all the silver and the gold, and they run into the hills, and all their clothes are strewn about. That doesn't make sense. So the lepers go over there and go like, hey, where's all the people? <laughs> Where did they all go? <laughs> but look at they left the horses. They left the food. They left everything here. I, I can, just a little side note. I remember when I was a young boy, and I used to walk to school. And one time I was a little late, and I walked to school, and I went in the classroom, and there's nobody in the classroom. There's no students, no teachers, no nothing. I go, like, what happened? And so I went home. I go, Mom, there's no school today. She goes, no, no, there's got to be school. She, we went back. <laughs> we went into the classroom, and everybody, everybody was there. Wow. I go, what happened? Oh, we had a fire drill, and we went to the far part of the, <laughs> of the parking lot, and you didn't see us, you know. I said, oh, okay, okay. Well, that's what happened to these lepers. They go, where did they, where did they go? They ran off. God caused them to be in confusion. And so the lepers went from tent to tent, eating, feasting, having a good old time, putting on all the robes, and they're having a party. And they go, wait a minute, wait a minute, this, this is not right, you know. Evil's going to come upon us if we don't tell the people in the city what's happened here. So they go into the city, and they tell them, hey, I don't know what happened, but they all hightail it out of here, and they left everything, and we can go and eat. So they went there, and they gathered all the stuff. And so here's what the king did. He said, okay, that officer that was doubting, I want you to be in charge of the gate to monitor the people as they leave. And guess what they did? <laughs> they trampled him over and knocked him down, and he died. And so it came to pass that there was abundance. He saw it, but he didn't get a chance to eat it because he doubted. Wow. 
you know, God can really orchestrate things in our behalf, can he? When you think it's not going to work, the wonderful counselor gives you wisdom to do things. Now, let's bring it to a, a real-life situation. And I have a lot of them, but here's a new one you probably haven't heard of with my son. He, uh, after he graduated college, he wanted to be a lawyer. But he took a little time off, and so he was law clerking for a nonprofit organization. And so uh, the person that was above him, she had just graduated from Cornell University. She thought she was all that and a bag of chips. You know, she came in and she said, okay, I'm going to teach you. If you want to be a lawyer, I'm going to toughen you up. I'm going to show you how, to, how the ropes are and, and make sure that you know how to, you know, get into this legal world because it's dog-eat-dog dog, dog, eat dog world and you've got to be tough. So she was demanding upon him. She was critical. She was nitpicking. He was making his life uncomfortable. Anybody been there before? Yeah. I got one hand only? Okay. I got come on. Yeah. I think all of us have had that at one time or another, haven't we? So, I told, so he went to his, her supervisor and said, you know, the woman's kind of unreasonable. She's creating an atmosphere that's not very conducive to learning or, you know, doing the work. And so, uh, you know, he left it at that. A couple weeks later, she gives him a notice, an email. I want to have a one-on-one -on -one, uh, conference with you, and I want to give you an evaluation. So he, my son calls me up and he goes, Dad, I really don't want to go to that evaluation. I don't want to hear her complain and give all these crazy ideas of what she thinks I'm supposed to be doing for an hour. I don't think I could take it for a whole hour. And what did, what did Pastor Chuck tell her to, him to do? Just do it. You know, just go through it. Amen. Get tough. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You can endure. You can, you, you know, if Jesus could endure, you can endure. Amen. <laughs> Don't, sometimes we have to endure longer than what we want, can't we? Don't we? Oh, my gosh. So anyway, uh, he said, it's at 9 o'clock, Dad. I'll give you a call when it's over. I go, okay. So I'm sitting at my desk, and at 9, 10, he calls me, and I go, well, what happened? He goes, ah, she quit. <laughs> he removed her, put confusion in her mind. She didn't want to hear anybody tell her that she was being unreasonable. And so she left, and when she left, she didn't leave peaceably. She was all up in arms and complaining, I don't know why, you know, you guys don't listen to me. I'm trying to help everybody out the door. How many times has that happened to you where your supervisor thinks that they can get you, but they really can't because God is watching over you, amen? I tell people that. That God will put confusion upon the people that are trying to attack you. And it's happened many times in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat, five armies were coming against him. Five kingdoms with five kings. That's a lot. And they came to uh, Jehoshaphat and said, you know what? There's a multitude of people up against you. <laughs> Sometimes we only have one or two. They had, he had a whole multitude up against him. So what did he do? He said, let's pray, let's fast, let's seek the Lord. And they sought the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him and said, You'll not need to fight in this battle. The battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. How many of you know that? That God is your fight for you? He is the mighty God, and we're going to get to that. So guess what? Same thing happened. They put the, uh, the singers out in front of the army, which is a kind of a risky thing to do. I mean, with a trumpet, you can't do much. <laughs> and so they were praising God. And God put confusion in all these five armies. They began attacking each other, and they killed each other. 
So when Jehoshaphat went, same thing. All he saw was dead bodies out there. He goes, what happened here? And they said, well, they left. Let's take the spoil. It took them three days to bring all the spoil back into the city. Come on, talk to me. God, when God does something, when he gives you counsel, he, it, it's not just to give you a get-by. It's to propel you into the miraculous, to make things happen that you couldn't imagine that could happen. So if you're facing the situation and you say, God, I need your wisdom. I need your direction. I need your, you to speak into my life. Wait for him to speak into your life. Wait for him to do something that you couldn't do before, and you'll see God. Oh, one, no, another little illustration. This, uh, I, was here, I heard this on the radio. A minister was saying, you know, we were praying for my son because he had this disease that they just, the doctors couldn't figure out what it was. They couldn't treat it, and he was going through anguish for, you know, over a year. And so he was praying to the Lord, and the Lord says, it's this disease right here. And he told him what the disease was. He's not a doctor. So he went to the doctor and said, I, I think uh, uh, it's this disease here. And the doctor said, no, no, it can't be that. And he said, would you just do me a favor and run the test? Sure enough, that was the disease. They were able to treat it, and it was over. God will give you wisdom in every area of your life to figure out what you need to do. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, uh, so then... Um, now, now here's, here's, here's an example. Proverbs, I don't think I have it on the screen, but Proverbs 21.1. I always tell people to pray this. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it whithersoever he will. Just like Pharaoh. Remember, remember Pharaoh was trying to keep the children of Israel in uh, Egypt? And the Lord was making them soft and hard and soft. Oh, let them go. No, no, why am I doing this? Let's go get them. Oh, no, let my people go. Back and forth. God can change the heart of people. Change courts, he can change kings, he can change your boss, he can change any governing body. God knows how to change the hearts of people. I know I've been relieved of so many things that I was dead wrong, but God, help me and get me through it. So he'll fight for you, amen? So that's the first one, wonderful counselor. That's a good one right there, right? But guess what? We got more. I'm going to go just this one more today. Mighty God. I like that word, mighty God. Now, we don't really place a big enough impact on that. What the mighty means, means powerful, means a warrior, means a champion. The word mighty has a connotation of being a hero. Jesus is your hero. <laughs> All the time. Amen? And Hebrews 4.16, do we have it there? Let us come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, first mercy, I need mercy, and grace to help in time of need. Praise the Lord. Now, that word time of need is a colloquial word in the Greek. It means in the nick of time. God's going to come to you just in the nick of time. Just when you're at the Red Sea crossing, Lord, what are we going to do here? So stand still and watch the salvation of the Lord. You just can't give up to the very end. You just hold on and believe that God is going to come through for you. Praise the Lord. So it come boldly into the throne room of grace. Everybody wants a hero, don't they? That's why Hollywood uh, makes all these superheroes, right? Superman. Spider-Man. Batman. Aquaman. <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> But the only man that will help you is the man Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs> and the Bible says that we are hid in him. 
Hide yourself in him. Oh, Lord, he's a shield about us. Amen. He'll protect us. He'll watch over us. How many close calls have you had in your life? Financially, physically. God is there. Amen. So there's over 100 names, like I said, in the Bible about Jesus. Now, I got a list of about 37. You want to you hear them? You got a minute? Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know how one person could be all this, could do all this. That Jesus came and he did. Only God can do that, right? Okay, let's look. In alphabetical order. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Apostle of our profession. He's the Arm of the Lord. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the blessed and only potentate. He's the bread of life. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the chief shepherd. He's the deliverer. He's the desire of all the nations. He's the door. He's the elect of God. He's the head of the church. He's the heir of all things. He's the image of God. He's the lamb of God. He's our leader and commander. He's the life. He's the light of the world. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord over all. He's the Lord of glory. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Lord of our righteousness. He is our redeemer. He is our resurrection and life. He is our rock. He's a root of David. He's a rose of Sharon. He's our savior. He's the seed of the woman. He's a shepherd and bishop of our souls. He's our true light, our true vine. He is the truth. He is the word. He is the word of God. He is Jesus, and he's all that to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. So we, we have a God that we can call upon. Amen? A God that loves us so much. And you might ask, well, who do you pray to? Do you pray to the Father? Do you pray to the Son? We pray to Jesus or, or, or the Holy Spirit. Who, who do we pray to? Well, the Bible says. I don't know if I have it in there. John 16, 23. I think it's in the beginning. And that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. Right? You ask the Father in Jesus' name, and he'll give it to you. And the Bible says, what? ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. And now what is the Holy Spirit's part in this? The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our counselor. He's our intercessor. He's our helper, our advocate, our strengthener, our standby. So you talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how do I do this? What, what, what do I do? Tell me. You know, he's in charge of lost and found. Did you know that? <laughs> how many of you have lost things and you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you help me find that? Yeah, all the time. Amen. I, I remember uh, Cecilia, her little boy, lost uh, a coin purse and had, what, $100 in it, right? Yeah. She asked me, would you pray that the Holy Spirit? I go, yeah, let's pray. The Holy Spirit will find it. Well, it took a couple of weeks, but they found it. Sometimes it's just lodged in a place where you never thought you would find it, but somehow the Holy Spirit puts you there, and all of a sudden you find it. Amen? Some people are looking for a mate. <laughs> Holy Spirit? <laughs> Where art thou? <laughs> Where is the one that thou hast saved for me? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So God uh, will do things for you. Are you encouraged? We got two more uh, compound names to do starting next week. But know that he's a wonderful counselor. He's a counselor that does wonderful things in your behalf. He can do miracles. That's what I like about God. He's not stuck. He's not too burdened to, like, try to do something for you. In fact, the harder it is for you to... Uh, get out of it, he takes pleasure in it. He goes, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to do this. You know, I, I can relate to that because my dad was a, a mechanic. He could fix anything. And I could break everything. <laughs> I had a way of finding how to break things. 
But I didn't have to worry. My dad could fix it. It doesn't matter. I remember we were playing baseball out. At, we used to play on the lawns. And we were on somebody's lawn, and I was hitting, and I let go of the bat and went right through a window. And everybody ran for the hills. And I'm sitting there with my, you know, just looking at it. And I go, what are you guys worried about? My dad will fix it. Sure enough, he fixed it. But he showed me how to do it because he said, I, don't, I want you to learn how to do this because you seem to have a tendency to want to break things. <laughs> so we were able to fix it. And everything that, he, that I could break, he could fix screen doors, lamps. You know, How many of you had your, your, your siblings run around in the house and tackle and do crazy things? Yeah, we used to have my sister run through the house, and me and my friend used to try to clip her just when she got into her bedroom, you know, just clip her and see if we could just make her not get in. That was our game. That was, that was our fun, you know. <laughs> but when you break over a lamp or something, oh, no, 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 no. So my dad can do it. He can fix everything. And so I have that impression of God. He can fix anything that he gets, that you get yourself into. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love for us. I thank you, Father, that as we come before you, we can see you as who you are for us and to us, a wonderful counselor, a mighty God that defends us and works for us. And so, Father, we thank you that no matter what we're facing, even today, we know that you are the God that is more than enough. So we give our situations to you. Go ahead, do that right now. Just to yourself, think about a situation that you know you need God to work in your behalf. The more difficult it is, the more he likes to do it, to show his glory. Remember they didn't have any wine at the wedding? Jesus said, I'll make you some wine. Father, I thank you that you make new wine for us. You bring about new situations that we couldn't do in our own self. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, how so sweet it is to trust in Jesus. Amen. We're not alone in this world. We have a God who loves us, cares for us. Amen. So Jesus knew we needed a Savior. He knew we could not get to heaven without a sacrifice. And it was said that bulls and goats does not satisfy the sacrifice, but we need the spotless lamb to come and offer the sacrifice that he would give for us. Jesus, when he was with his apostles, the Last Supper, took the bread and said, this bread symbolizes the body that's going to be shed for you or given to you. And this blood, this cup, symbolizes the blood that's going to be shed for you. And with these two sacrifices, you can come close to the throne of grace. You can come boldly into the presence of the Lord, pure, clean, blameless. And so, Father, as oft as we do it, we do it in remembrance of what your Son has done for us. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it in the name of Jesus. I just, I just enjoy the presence of the Lord right now if he just sits upon you and gives you peace that passes all understanding. You might have come in here today and said, you know what, I got a situation that I don't know how to figure it out. Oh, that's okay. We have a God that does. 
So, Father, I thank you that you move mountains. You move situations that will change our situation. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen.